This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome to the morning break. My name is Graham, and my special guest today is Carmen Platts, an elementary teacher school, um, an, yeah, an elementary school ESL teacher based in Germany. Carmen is also research associate on the EU project Valiant, an acronym that stands for Virtual Innovation and Support Networks for Teachers. And we're talking about this and much more in our show. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So, welcome to the morning break, everyone. I'm Graham, speaking to you live from Mexico City. Um, today's show features a chat with Carmen Platz, a teacher from Germany who is also involved in an exciting new project, an EU project called Valiant. Carmen has an MA in TEFL from the University of Education in Heidelberg, Germany, and has been a teacher since 2005, teaching in both elementary and secondary schools. She first became involved in EU projects as a teacher in 2005 to 7 on an EU Comenius project named My Call or Me Call, which stands for Moderating Intercultural Collaboration and Language Learning. She was one of the German representatives from computer-based working with web-based platforms such as blogs and chats, etc. Remember, if you're listening in and would like to join me and Carmen live, then please download the Podbean app, visit ttradio.org and click on Listen Live on the homepage. That should take you directly into the show. There we can chat and I can also bring you into the show live to speak if you want to. Once I've spoken to Carmen, I'll open up to any of you who want to call in. You can do that by pressing the icon at the top of the screen in your phone's app. Click this and then I can connect you. I'll be talking to Carmen right after the Teachers Talk Radio News. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. If you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Young members of the Margate-based Lived Experience crew joined with students from nine schools across the country travelling to London to raise the alarm over the UK's plastic waste problem. 
The trip to Parliament came after pupils took part in the Big Plastic Count, a citizen science project launched by Greenpeace UK, a non-profit organisation Everyday Plastic. The count involved some 100,000 households, schools, community groups and businesses across the UK, counting their plastic packaging waste, recording the different types they throw away and entering their results into the campaign website. The campaign aims to convince the government to take more action to cut plastic production, ban plastic waste exports and transition to refill and reuse alternatives which are affordable, accessible and appropriate for all. Union leaders have warned newly appointed cabinet ministers that many teachers and nurses will quit their profession in the coming weeks if public sector pay deals are further delayed by chaos at the top of government. Patrick Roach, General Secretary of the NAS UWT, has written to the new Education Secretary, James Cleverley, asking for publication of the review body recommendations for teachers. Roach said it was essential that agreement was reached as soon as possible, so that teachers did not leave the profession before the beginning of the new school year. What is important is that the process is not kicked into the long grass. We must ensure that full consultation takes place and that teachers get what they deserve. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, over the next few episodes I'm going to discuss connections, so let's get wired or not, as the case may be. The plan was to do this in order of most essential, however a chicken and egg question came first. What is the most essential connection, the internet or your display device? Without the internet, there'd be far less interaction, however, how does this compare? to the ability to display your screen to the class. I asked you on Twitter and at Elizabeth J. Rowan was the first to answer with I'll hasten to add the most popular choice, the internet. There's 1001 ways to present or display information. I couldn't agree more. And talking of more, at more to learn, question my question, asking why do I have to choose? Showing the expectation we teachers have for both. However, when asked to choose, the answer was the internet and give me a whiteboard pen. So. Let's talk about the internet and the difference it makes to teaching. We have a connection to the biggest network of networks at our fingertips, indexed by powerful search engines that return results in seconds, even ranking them in an order of likelihood of them containing the answer we are looking for. Obviously, we need to swerve adverts and fake news from time to time, but what a resource we have. For those of us willing to admit they were around, 20 years ago, teachers were still transitioning from chalkboards. Every teacher was in the process of getting a laptop, the projector was on a trolley you wheeled into the classroom, and social media didn't exist. You couldn't just take a virtual tour inside a volcano or go on an interactive 3D journey through the digestive system, have a guided tour around a highly secure Google storage facility, drop a jelly baby on a map, walk around the coast of Spain, Italy, or Australia. The internet has brought us all of this, and harnessing, filtering, and presenting its power to our pupils has become an art that we have had to master. So here are a couple of tricks you can use to keep yourself organised. Control plus D bookmarks a page. But did you know that if you make a folder of bookmarks you can right click and open all. All of your bookmarks in that folder open as new tabs. This is great if moving from one lesson to another on a different topic. If you use a lot of YouTube clips and websites, Wakeless is a great way to organise collections of links and clips. It's free to make an account and you can share collections via links with pupils. I'd like to finish with a question. Do you know the difference between the internet and the World Wide Web? Tune in next week to find out. Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back to the morning break on Teachers Talk Radio. I'm joined by a very special guest, Carmen Platts. Uh, Carmen, can you hear me? Are you there? 
Hello, Carmen. How are you today? Carmen, can you try refreshing your browser, perhaps? See if you can, if that will allow you to speak. Carmen is joining us from Berlin, I believe. Carmen, um, Tom is suggesting that you might need to exit and call in again. Could you give that a go? That would be good. Um, in the meantime, thank you, everybody. Uh, Carmen is um, is part of a an exciting project that is run by the European Union. Um, I don't know how many of you know this, but the EU runs lots of educational projects and uh, some of them are really, really interesting and worth finding out about. I have been um, involved in, I think, three EU projects um, in the past. One of them, Carmen, are you Yeah, there? can you hear me? Yes, I ah, can. So what happened? <laughs> All right. I was afraid this is not going to happen, but perfect. I'm very happy to be here. I'm uh, very delighted. Very, yeah. I'm very happy that you're here. Otherwise, I would be trying to make up an hour's worth of conversation <laughs> with myself. Yeah, no, no. I'm a teacher, so I'm prepared. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Fantastic. That's great. So you, you're based in Berlin, is that right? Um, no, I'm not exactly. Berlin is the time here, but ah, I'm okay. placed in Heidelberg, also very in Heidelberg. famous in Germany. Yeah. Yes, I had the, I've had the pleasure of visiting Heidelberg a couple of times. Once for one of the EU projects that I worked on, actually, it's a beautiful city. Nice, yeah. No, definitely. Everyone should come. <laughs> now everything is open again. <laughs> yes, no, I recommend it. So speaking of EU projects, um, since 2021, you've been involved uh, in this EU project Valiant, which has the aim of helping teachers integrate technologies in the foreign language classroom, or at least part of it does. Is that right? Valiant is an acronym for Virtual Innovation Support Networks for Teachers. So I'd love to hear more about this and who is involved and how it came about. Sure. So the Valiant project is an Erasmus plus K3 project with a priority three. So this means the focus is on strengthening teacher training and education by using the opportunities of new technologies in school mm -hmm. education. And um, the leader uh, researcher is Professor Robert O'Dowd from the University of Leon in Spain. And um, so we have many um, ministries and universities working for us and the public authorities who need to have some or give us some sustainability later on are from Spain, Portugal, Slovenia, Norway, Cyprus and Germany. So this particularly goes for me because they represent the federal state of Baden-Württemberg where I live. And the universities involved are from the same named countries, as well as the University in Sweden and the University of the Arts in London, UK, and they do the data research for us. And how did this all come up? Why do we do this project? <laughs> the guiding research questions for the study is, will participation in virtual exchange programs contribute to teachers and student teachers' positive attitudes towards their profession and also to developing their ability to operate effectively in online international networks of professional collaboration. So we want student teachers and teachers to work together, be globally connected and learn from each other. That's the idea of the whole thing. And the questions arouse because the OECD statistics, they have shown that many, many teachers um, have a lack of motivation and they feel isolated either professionally or geographically. So this is causes a lack um, of networking and collaboration opportunities with other colleagues and experts. So often you find this in rural schools, right? Because people can't mm. attend workshops, they need to drive long distances or they ha don't have the specialized um, expertise at their school. So this is where the need for such a project came up to connect teachers with other teachers, work together. And um, yeah, especially now during and after the pandemic, yes. 
So if anybody is interested, we have a website, of course, it's called valiantproject.eu. And the project lasts for three years, so 21 till March 24. And this goes in different rounds. We've already had a pilot study round from November and December 21. There were 150 teachers involved and 400 ITE students from different universities, and they collaborated. And then we just finished round one that went from March to June 2020. And it was about the same amount of teachers and IT students. And now we are having a final last round. It's from October to December 22. So there's still a chance that anybody listening who wants to join can uh, hmm. come and sign up. And I will talk more about this later. But if you're interested, please, please consider to visit our website and you can participate and be a teacher. And this project is not only for teachers teaching ESL. But you can be any teacher, uh, biology, whatever, and you can use English as a lingua franca. So English is only the means to speak. But of course, just to yeah, just to interrupt, Carmen. Um, sure. You say any teacher. Would would the teachers have to be based in Europe? It would be nice because it's a European funded project. Of course, of but course. we've already had. Um, uh, people calling in from China or Cuba or other countries. And we were a bit surprised. How do they all find out about this? You know, but um, of course we would really prefer, yeah, European teachers because it just makes more sense with time zones. And if you want to connect, yeah. And so there are those field trials with the in-service teachers, the experienced ones working in rural education. Of course, I mean, this is a project. You can also live in a city, but we're trying out for rural areas. Or you feel isolated in some context in your participating country. And um, then we will connect you with um, ITE students and they work together. So you will meet new people and learn from each other. And so there are different VEs. There's not only one type of VE, but you can choose from. You can choose from one called diversity and inclusion in the primary or secondary classroom. So you can be a primary teacher or a secondary teacher. And one worked with gamification, another one just finished where CLIL, content language integrated learning lessons were, uh, materials from that for primary and secondary teaching was developed. And my VE, I personally work with one that's called integrating technologies in a foreign language classroom. So if you want to hear what we did, I can talk about this. Um, so yes, please. And a pilot round, uh, because I am a research associate, I'm a teacher and a research associate at the University of Education in Schwäbisch Gmünd, Germany. So we're, I'm working part-time there and we work together with the Universidad Autonoma in Madrid. And so our ITE students and their ITE students, they teamed up and first they got to know each other through Padlets. And then they discovered the linguistic landscapes of the English language in each country. And as a third task, they had to design a lesson plan together in each group. And then um, they really learned from this and um, it, it was a great success. And now the round that just finished in our first official round, uh, which my university, um, we worked from April to July of this year and I helped a class of students. So they later on will be mostly English teachers for primary or secondary education. And this round we asked for European teachers who are willing to either share their knowledge in teaching computer assisted language learning with their group members or they wanted to learn from us. So such projects are really win-win for everyone. The students, they get hands-on feedback from experienced teachers and the educators learn about the newest apps or digital tools that are out there. So after getting to know each other then on those Padlets or platforms that are used, our teams of teachers and ITE students, they created real life lessons by communicating via Zoom. And these lessons were implemented by the in-service teachers in their countries. So real life uh, implementation of the lessons that the ITE students had come up with. And I thought that's super good. If I had been an ITE student, I would be super proud. The students, they got feedback or pictures or videos from the teachers and their pupils. 
So this was a very good experience for everyone. We could just see how the IT students had matured over those months and they got self-esteem when presenting their VE's outcome in a final wrap-up Zoom meeting, which just had this last week. So it's all really fresh and um, yeah, it was very successful. <laughs> That's fantastic, Carmen. Thank you for, for um for letting us know about that i'm a i'm a big fan of this type of european collaboration and as i said uh, earlier while i was waiting for you to connect i've been myself part of three exciting new projects in the past the first one was called avalon and that explored the use of 3d virtual worlds and language learning and teaching and then there was one that is most connected i think to valiant which is called a planet which uh, that looked at how language teachers could be supported to build their own personal learning networks or PLN through online technologies. That, that was some time ago. Things have changed since then. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I was part of a project called iTilt, um, Interactive Technologies and Language Teaching, which tried to establish good practice when it came to the use of interactive whiteboards. And I think... I learned so much from these experiences, as well as working closely with colleagues from other parts of Europe, which I think is one of the greatest benefits um, of this type of collaboration. You really, it really helps promote a kind of sharing of knowledge and understanding of other European educational systems, for example, and and helping professionals come together, academics, academics, etc. So what have you, if I can ask you what you have learned so far from the experience of Valiant and what do you hope the project will achieve? Yeah, sure. Oh, great show. You're very experienced too in those projects. Yeah, <laughs> great, great. I have learned that it's always good to connect young and experienced learners. So I think no matter where they live or what kind of a background they have, as long as there is a positive, um, respectful working environment with energetic hosts, helpers, um, and they yeah, support each other to fulfill tasks, you can do such virtual exchanges anywhere with anyone, if the equipment is given, of course, that's always <laughs> the problem. And I definitely hope our Valium project will find sustainability on a European or even bigger level. It's not easy to find teachers who are willing to overcome their isolation, but as soon as there could be a movement of, yes, we ask for help and we need support. And yes, if we get in contact with others, we can learn from school systems and different approaches on digital teaching, for example. There needs to be a, where's the support? Where can I find a buddy teacher or a buddy class? And then once I have them on board and the support is given, I think such an Erasmus project um, can show me ways of highlights and lowlights I should be aware of. So yeah, this is what I'm dreaming of. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I think you're absolutely right about, about what you said about teachers needing support and help. It's so important, isn't it? But I think you're also right about how it's quite often a very difficult thing for a teacher to make that first step and say they do need help and support. I think as teachers or the kind of traditional yeah. um, thing about teachers is that they do like to feel like they, they're the possessor of all knowledge or they're the ones who, mm. who, who, who are teaching or rather they don't need to be taught to yeah. a certain extent. And I'm not, not saying that's true of everyone, but I think there is this sort of feeling um with some teachers i think but um the teachers who have been selected for valiant as you said earlier have now had the opportunity to work collaboratively with colleagues and students across europe using online technologies particularly for the 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 work package that you've been involved in and i'd be interested now i think in hearing what technologies you've used and what you think the experience was like for teachers if if they've had a chance to reflect on it all right so each different ve used different technologies to establish online collaboration both synchronously for example with zoom google meet microsoft teams or asynchronously on moodle on padlets so we used Moodle as a platform to upload all important infos for them and link team pages from there, for example. 
This was the main way for the participants to access all the materials and stay in contact. The VE coordinators, like for example, me, a facilitator, mm -hmm. um, incorporated those different types of technologies in the online synchronous sessions with Zoom, for instance, Mentimeter. This was for anonymous surveys we did, Kahoot, Flipgrid, and so on. And in my VE, mostly Padlet pages were used and the meetings were on Zoom. So once the teams then had been set up, teacher, in-service teachers and students, they were free to use any technology they wanted, such as messengers or they used their lesson plan preparing in Google Docs, for example. And some classes even filmed their lessons. Um, I remember it was in Portugal and in Spain, the teachers could film that. And our German IT students could vividly watch their planned lesson and see how it was implemented. So that was a great, great success for the IT students. And regarding the technologies used by the teachers in their classrooms, we're still in the process of doing the qualitative analysis of the collected data. So we did surveys, um, pre, medium, and post surveys, both quantitative and qualitative. So these were open-ended questions. And this information will be available in our publications very soon. And um, when we asked the IT students and let them rate at the end of my sessions uh, about their feedback, what they had learned and what they liked the best, I remember one, eight out of 10 students, so 80% said they would like to implement such a VE later on in their future classroom once they're teachers. So to me, this was wow, because, you know, most agree that this was something they had never done before in their own school career life as a pupil or in their studies, and they had enjoyed it so much. So I believe if we get those IT students to experience the positive effects on those Vs and collaboration, we have a high chance they will implement one as teachers, which will affect even more pupils later on, right? Yes, of course. That's great. So just one more question related to, to this, and then I've, I'll, I'd love to kind of move on to something a bit more sort of related to your personal use of technology. But how did the, the, the tools that you mentioned, for example, are all very, very good tools, but how did you decide, given the amount of choice that we have available to us <laughs> as teachers now, how did you decide on the ones that you, you mentioned, like Mentimeter, Moodle, Padlet, etc.? Yeah, I created one Padlet and I gave them, I can't remember, it was 30, 40 different, different 40 different tools or something um, and I explained all of those. I set links. So I wanted them to get a big variety to look at and they pretty much chose themselves what they wanted to do. But yeah, of course, I mean, there is so much out there and <laughs> um, lots to choose from. But with the Moodle, we were set by the university, or right. actually there's a Moodle by Valiant. So we were set there. Um, Padlet, I created because it was easy. Everyone could access. And um, the tools the teachers used in their class, they were free to choose. So they told us beforehand what they were already used to, what they had liked, what the kids are used to. So the ITE students pretty much adapted to this or gave new input. So I think some groups, we had eight groups this term, they tried out new ones that the teacher hadn't tried. So he, she was the guinea pig. <laughs> Oh, it's great. So the, the teachers had the kind of freedom to bring in sure. things that they knew about. Oh, yeah. Um, We're so limited in all those things. Give us some freedom to choose. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's really good, though, because I think then the project team, but also the other people, other teachers involved would, would be then sort of uh, be introduced to things that perhaps you weren't aware of as well which is a, another great thing i think that's that's one of the wonderful things about this type of coming together of teachers isn't it is like you can you can share that kind of knowledge and experience and learn from each other which is great yeah. that's why i like projects you can do something new <laughs> ah, and if yeah. it doesn't work out you well then you know <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to miss my involvement in EU hmm. projects now after talking to you about this. Oh, but, thank uh, you. <laughs> join ours. There's still a chance. I don't think I can. I don't oh. think there's much chance in Mexico of of the yeah. EU, EU project being involved, That's being right. run. But but 
definitely I enjoyed the time I, I did spend doing it. So Carmen, I'm going to move on to you and your tech use, your personal tech use. I mean, I know that you have experience both as a secondary and an elementary school teacher. And how do you personally, before this project, for example, have you used or do you use technologies in the classroom? Yeah, well, looking back, uh, I've been a teacher now for 17 years and technology really has improved so yes. much over the years. It's hard to catch up with everything the students use in their private lives, right? We need to make them aware how technology can be used wisely. And we need to show them that the technology is not only there to get pleasure by gaming what they do and earning points and credits, whatever. Especially teenagers know exactly, I think, what tools are available. At least that's what I discovered. They just like to do the ones who do not ask for much thinking. <laughs> so we make them use the ones who are a little bit more elaborate. And in secondary school, I mostly made the pupils feel like they become experts or they already are and need to help me. And they lived up to this role, I believe. They, they helped me find suitable apps and they learned how to, you can use them to be internationally connected. And now in my um, elementary classroom, which is very different, pupils are not as experts yet, but of course they have media access every day. So we use a digital board, which I'm lucky I have in my school. And all digital mobile devices as tablets or cameras I can use and they are already introduced as a common but I think they have to be a precious tool to work with it's worth a lot of money it needs to be repaired it's um, needs to be updated all the time and um, you need to um, buy new ones every five six years unfortunately so that's tough to keep up so it has become so normal to my kids to be without a chalkboard and without cleaning the board. And I don't think they can hardly remember how it's been two years ago um, before the um, pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I really like I really like doing this, using this and the kids, they are fast with learning. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's interesting what you say about about that and just how used to Tech, using technology both in and outside the classroom kids that age are nowadays which is it's fascinating to see i think the pace is just incredible um and it it puts a lot of pressure on teachers and parents of course to um yeah. to keep up with everything to be able to um uh, help uh, children be sort of safe and but also help them develop using these tools and making the most of them and stuff. And I think um, more and more, as more and more technology enters the language classroom in particular, for example, I know that uh, some teachers feel like they're being left behind or left out of opportunities. Mm. And I wondered, um, have you seen this with colleagues at the schools where you work and how can teachers best become involved in learning technologies if they feel this way? I totally understand what you mean, because of course there are colleagues who are skeptical. And then, um, yeah, I know one who told me two years ago, I'm never going to learn this. I'm never going to know how to do such a board. And I want to go back to the old days and, you know, but um, yeah, people adapt it, it, life makes you adapt otherwise you don't survive nowadays so it's tough to keep up i totally agree with you once you've learned something and you think you're up to date or you know the new devices you the new educational app that is installed or the new curricula by the school board uh, just suddenly your life just makes it a little bit more complicated that all those things are coming up I understand that um, some teachers are overpowered, totally, yeah, but I'm very happy in my school. We have a school team that asks the staff about their fears and doubts. And according to that, we get support that we need for our pupils or for the parents and for teachers. So I'm so happy I found this. This is what you need. You need to have also the parents on board. If they do not need, if they don't know about those risks of new media, you will lose the pupils too, because they often have access 24 seven, right? And they don't know what their kids are doing. So the teachers are willing to learn. Just, I think they need to learn slowly because there's so much to learn. 
and let them have time to breathe because don't do it too fast. Use new features or apps, um, I think, repetitively because you can't um, do it all at once. Um, yeah, some teachers are overpowered, totally. I think if we switch learning technologies every day, how can we ask the pupils to be consistent? You know, we are those role models and it's often not the equipment. I think we can use a video input or an online quiz once in a while, yes, but do not stimulate teachers or pupils with technology all the time. That's very wise advice, very wise advice. And I think, uh, yeah, you're completely right about getting parents involved. I think more and more in the pandemic um, emphasize this, parents should have and are having a bigger role to play in education. And uh, I can only see that's something that should increase. Um, it is something that really should be a lot more um, sort of obvious, I think. But um, moving back to technology, do you, do you have a particular favorite technology used with students? Yeah, so I only teach English, so this goes for language learning. I mean, it's different if you teach history, biology or math or else, right, using technology. I must say I like, um, yeah, little video clips I find and we speak about them in class. Um, just a little input, but not a big session. So I tend to create overviews on platforms to a topic and then I use tools for pupils to see what they can learn here. So my lessons are all on platforms where parents and pupils can follow and repeat vocabulary and so on. So I need these platforms because I link so many options for kids who ask for more like videos or quizzes or sometimes I found this British uh, website with it's called Cosmic Yoga. I mean, it's yoga, but it's all in English and her English is so good. So my kids learn um, a topic and then, for example, whatever, if you do Harry Potter or something, and mm -hmm. then she does the Harry Potter yoga and the kids think they only do yoga, but really they listen to her instructions. And so kids love that. <laughs> and I also prefer Anton. It's called E-N-T-O-N. It's a German based, but European funded app that covers all subjects. And I, as a teacher, can create accounts and pin tasks according to my subjects. So you can have little kids do also book creator already. They make digital books on their iPads. And I also find iMindMap is great for older kids. My students use this to prepare for classes. So I do a flipped classroom, they prepare with this. Or they repeat vocabulary as homeworks with um, Quizlet, which is famous. Yeah, there's so much out there. I mean, the apps I mostly favor and use are Adpuzzle, Kahoot, Padlet, Mentimeter, Quizlet, and I have to say for getting slides for my digital boards, I pay for the British twinkle.com. <laughs> I like that one. It has very wow. good stuff. That's, uh, that's quite a lot of technology. Uh, but uh, it's, um, it's so, uh, so great that we have access to all of the, that to be able to help you gotta us have in the classroom. Wifey, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's... a problem at many schools. Um, you ha of have it, your lesson prepared and there's no internet connection and then yeah yeah you got to be spontaneous. No, that's, <laughs> I mean I see more and more that um, access to the internet um, in schools is becoming something that is so important for education more and more so isn't it really hmm. So what about the future, Carmen? Do you see anything coming down the line that will affect language teaching and learning in a big way? Or do you have a wish list of technologies that would make your life and the life of your students and colleagues better? Well, language teaching has a big chance to be understood by the pupils and parents as the ultimate thing to do. I think we need to be experts in our mother tongue first. So I'm very keen on that, but there's no yeah. doubt learning foreign languages is, is key for any international connection or global job market. So I believe my pupils know this. So what I do is when I do my first lesson in every any class, I take a world map on my board and then let them guess in which parts of the world people speak English as a first language or as one of many official languages like in India or South Africa. And the kids are amazed and stunned. And from that day on, they realize, wow, oh, 
they always are quite a lot of countries <laughs> of the world map. So um, also I'm because I've been an exchange student and I work um, voluntarily with exchange students coming to other countries. I bring in native speakers, so mostly in person, but when it couldn't be during the pandemic digitally. So we'll talk about this later if you want to. So kids lose their fear of speaking up and they um, Wow, you know, having guests from other countries speaking to you. Some are shy, but most kids um, speak up. So I'm very proud of that. But it, as in terms of wish list, I mean, I'm spoiled at my school. I cannot ask for more. Maybe a cloud so a teacher can store our materials and share more with others. But that's nothing I desperately need right now. I know there are so many, many, probably most schools out there, as the person in the news said before, uh, they are unequipped and the projectors are not even working and you can never show a quick YouTube movie of London or as he said, the volcano. You bring your map. Uh, I Yeah, they, they bring like a regular map and visualization is just not the same. Kids are just not as much motivated. So yeah. Yeah, I think we need more technique, more money for schools. And I also think traveling with them, you know, really like bringing your kids um, to another country. That's only one step further than bringing the world into your classroom by using technology. We're pretty close to that, <laughs> but it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, no, def definitely. I, that's one of the things I, I've always felt very passionately about, this idea of, using technology and internet technologies in particular to connect with an outside world sort of beyond the four walls of the classroom and be it either through public publishing for example or connecting with other people i love the idea of you bringing guests into the classroom i used to do that quite a lot um and it it just sort of you could see a kind of change in understanding um right. When I, when I did that, I think the students really understood, ah, this is why I need to learn English because, mm -hmm. because I, you know, I have the opportunity to actually communicate with people that otherwise I wouldn't be able to talk to, etc. Mm -hmm. It was like a big aha moment to a lot of students whenever you kind of moved away from the kind of closed four yeah. walls of the classroom to right. the wider world, definitely. And I mostly taught, I'm sorry, migrants, and um, I really have to say, they, they never traveled far, you know, they travel to their home countries, maybe or so, or, but it, it's not the same experience as going abroad for a year or something. So, yeah, I think for some, it was the once in a lifetime thing, <laughs> bringing foreigners okay. in, yeah. Of course, of course. So um, if you need another volunteer, you can sign me up ah, for that. Perfect. So long as the, <laughs> so long as, of course, the, there is a six hour time difference between Mexico and, uh, yeah. well, actually seven hour time difference. No, is that right? seven. Yeah, it's seven. Yeah, seven probably. hour. Yeah. So that's well, the only constraint. But I do get up very early as, uh, mm. you know, we started this show 5 a.m. my time. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Let's do so, that. We only have two weeks left, but there is September. <laughs> of course, of course. So in, in the information you sent me, Carmen, um, I see you won two you you won two sponsorship awards. First in two thousand and six, learning English through a travel buddy project. And and then in two thousand and nine, the Edward Piefho sponsorship award for Around the World in Eighty Clicks. I'd love to hear more about uh this and what your experience of winning this was like for you well receiving an award and getting recognition for the work you do every day is always good of course uh, but i wanted to make clear that there are so many good teachers out there and they might not have the time or the guts to apply for an award so the ones who win are not the only good ones <laughs> just that's important to me okay and well, the first teacher award I got when I was a student teacher, this was 18 years ago. So this was very thrilling. At that time, it was an Australian approach with the University of Queensland. And it was Dr. Sean Nyquist, who was leading this approach for educators to find partner teachers around the world. And these teams were to swap cuddly toys, so stuffed animals, who traveled as representatives of the class. And this motivated the kids tremendously to learn about other cultures and use English to communicate. 
And it's similar to the Flat Stanley project that some of you might know, where you send a folded paper doll around the world. And at one time, oh, I got crazy. <laughs> I was young, <laughs> I had no kids. <laughs> I had uh, nine schools on three continents. It was the US, Japan, and Australia. And I coordinated all those nine schools. And um, yeah, I felt like a travel agent. Uh, it was an enormous amount of work, but very rewarding for the kids to receive letters, gifts, and the things to eat and play with from the other schools. It was such a change to the normal um, teaching daily routine. I had taught um, a class six at an inner city school in Mannheim, Germany at that time, which was a rough teaching. And it was mostly immigrant kids in my class. And I'm pretty sure this was the first and only time in their life that they had contact with teenagers from native English speaking countries far away by writing letters and filling out journals. And the second award was also a project I had done with Australia. Uh, we also sent mascots to the partner class. And in 2009, when it suddenly got more digital, uh, we used web logging at that time to have the classes communicate. Mm. Uh, okay, nowadays with technology improving very rapidly, we would share a platform with texts and pictures like Padlets, or we have a German equivalent, it's called Test Cards. We are now forced to use because we can't be on an American server anymore. So we're transforming all our Padlets <laughs> to our <laughs> server, which is quite fun. Not really, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so yeah, there's always extra stuff coming up. And yeah, so this was um, the idea of the project. And it sounds very basic with a cuddly toy, but there's so much around it. You can do millions of lessons just by the material those other schools send. Yeah, no, it sounds really exciting. I can imagine the students becoming very um, excited about that, definitely. And uh, I'm sure they're learning a lot. But uh, it's funny what you said about web blogging. I'm, it, when blogging appeared, I was like a massive um, fan of it yeah. um, with my students. You know, I think just trying to get uh, language learners interested in writing is such a hard task. And that blogging was was a way of being able to do that it's a it's a shame really that it seems to sort of fallen a little bit by the wayside mm -hmm. yeah. because of other technologies that have come and i have to admit myself i you know i, I was a very active blogger and now with mm -hmm. social media etc i've kind of really stopped right. so much but i do feel i want to get back into doing that because <laughs> um, i i benefited professionally from blogging myself as well so apart from the two the two prizes that you were you won or the two awards that you won i see also from what you sent me that your school was placed second nationwide as the only elementary school in an award of the dieter schwartz foundation for outstanding achievement for a media concept during the pandemic now that sounds exciting and quite an honor Yes, it's an honor. The pandemic, I think, needs to be good for something with all the harm it's bringing, right? So yeah, take advantage of the good things. Um, the award was for all subjects we taught and the good job everyone at school did for investing, I think, at least 300% of our time uh, to get every kid on board. Um, I'm very proud of my school and colleagues. And we can sure use the amount of 25,000 euros we won. Uh, yeah, not bad for a small school. So we're giving it back to the kids and we'll have a very big school fest in two weeks at the end of the school year. Great. Because this is where you give it to. You don't um, build yourself something, you give it back to the kids. And I have to get a little bit political. I must confess that Germany was very badly prepared for any online sort of plan B scenario. No, not the only country. Not the not only, only country, country, but um, we're not the smallest country. So I think we should have done better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hardly any school was equipped with iPhones, tablets, whatever. Teachers did not either have equipment or training. I mean, looking at Norway or so, it was so easy for them. They all had Chromebooks. They switched in a second. And here we are. Gosh, I felt bad. Uh, I think in Germany, we tend to have this attitude of working on a steady basis. And only if the house is on fire, we think about 
fire, buying a fire extinguisher, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not a good idea. So the teachers were overwhelmed and it took a long time, especially for small schools with low budgets to get things rolling, except doing normal paper book work and worksheets. But after a few months, the kids got bored with this kind of stuff, right? You want some yeah. dynamic change here. So yeah, I was lucky to be at a school where I have a principal who is ahead of things and buys many extinguishers before the fire can be seen. Uh, and um, yeah, we could hand out iPads to families with low income. All teachers were equipped and trained. Uh, we set uh, social media channels between the colleagues just to teach ourselves of how to do teaching online. We got help from foundations we asked for. I mean, we're lucky we have the uh, software company SAP nearby. Mm -hmm. So they oh, yeah. trained us, gave us free storage space for platforms and so on. And luckily, we had already used apps in the classroom, such as Lego, Lego Vido, a Worksheet Craft to go that's creating worksheets and kids have that mm -hmm. on their iPhones and yeah, online and uh, Kahoot, Quizlet, learning apps and so on. So this was already introduced for small elementary pupils. Um, they knew how to work with that. And, but it's not fair, I think, that education depends on where you live and how up to date or your principal is. Uh, we should get connected locally more, I think, and then, of course, globally as well. So another trick that I'm proud of that we did was inviting native speakers from around the world, such as New Zealand, Australia or the USA, into our online teaching lessons every morning when teaching English. Instead of being isolated at home, the trick was that, for example, a class three that I had, they could walk around the house in New Zealand and learn the names of the rooms of the house. They are shown by a native whom the kids could ask real questions. So we just, instead of being isolated, we brought them out there just on the screen. And one was the grammar of a pupil of mine. And the kids were fascinated that we had morning here in Germany and down under it was 12 hours later at night. I think one boy even said, I think I'm in the future. <laughs> he thought, I'm like, what do you mean future? But then I realized um, he's traveling in time because of technology. I had never thought that all my pupils, the brave, the shy, they, they were to raise their hands and they were so motivated. School kids in the US, they had joined us and they'd been home for months as well, bored and felt they wanted to talk. So talking to kids from another country was the best change or yeah, chance they have had, I think, for a long time. So we played games against each other. We learned one thing was cool. We learned food terms right from their real fridge in the US and they get big fridges and their houses. <laughs> and uh, so simultaneously, I, we prepared and we made peanut butter sandwiches um, sitting in front of the screen and just on different continents. We made that together. And later on, a class four of mine, they talked to their pen pals in Perth, Australia on Zoom. So this was a great effect. I mean, why not use technology to travel abroad with your class? As I said before, right? You need to bring the world into your classroom and technology and our Valiant project, I have to say, is the perfect way to do this. So, um, yeah, well, even now that I'm in class again, that everything is open and we don't even wear masks anymore and they can finally read my lips again. Um, we, yeah, oh God, what, how bad as a language teacher, you can't do the TH uh, and everything. Ah. Sometimes I was, yeah, it was. Sometimes I was standing behind, behind a um, see-through curtain thing we had put up and that allowed me to take off the mask. I just did it because they need to see how I speak. So a fantastic help for an ESL teacher, I think, is, yeah, um, what I'm doing still in the classroom. You can airplay your iPad and I have my videos, graphics displayed in real big size here and I bring the native speakers into my classroom. And this kind of international learning depends enormously on the engagement of the teacher and his or her global connections. I mean, there are just some teachers who don't have this. So I think we need to have some network where you easily just, you know, sign up and get partners. You don't have to have been a pro for a year, you know, in order to have all those. But yeah, it's hard. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. I think you really did take advantage of, of everything you could to sort of ensure that 
your your the kids you were teaching uh, really benefited. That's, that's great to hear. And speaking of lockdown, uh, as a teacher of peoples during the pandemic, and as well as a mother of three kids, I think, you must have had your hands full. How did you cope with juggling this? And were you involved in any hybrid teaching as the school started opening again? Because that hybrid teaching was a real problem for most, most teachers, I think, involved in it. Right. Yeah, of course, this was not easy. In uh, 2020, when it all started, my kids were four, eight and 10. So there were times when I found myself thinking, oh, those poor moms out there with their kids at home and working remotely. And after a while, I realized, oh, that was me in the same situation. <laughs> oh, you forget as a teacher, you have so many kids, your own and so many in all those classes. And it was tough on everyone, but yes, my own kids survived. So I included them in my video filming, researching, and we went out for walks in the woods a lot. Uh, you should never underestimate. I think that's important and nobody talks about it. Uh, what harm the usage of overdone monitor usage can do to your eyes. I think a lot of kids just were constantly in front of those screens and their eyes mm. got worse. And also I think wifey can do a lot to little bodies. So as I said before, I think use it wisely. Yeah, and I luckily did not have to do hybrid teaching, thank goodness. Um, my principal understood. <laughs> I stood in class of teaching, in, 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 a, in class, and I was teaching when schools opened again. And I had put my whole prepared lessons online on a secure platform. So the sick pupils or the ones in quarantine could watch all videos I had prepared and they followed along. But yes, of course, it's double amount of work, but worth it. So I do not think that it makes much sense for the ones at home or the teacher in class to help pupils in the room and as well as at home simultaneously. As I said, uh, we are only humans too, moms and dads. And yeah, we can only do so much, right? The ones who have overdone it, they got very burned out because, you know, hyper teaching. Have you done this in in, in, the, in Great Britain or somewhere? Is, was that common? I don't know. Um, I I haven't um, had the pleasure, if, that, if that's a will, <laughs> word in use. I don't think it is to to do any hybrid teaching, etc. But definitely, I know through um, trying to do it in the past, much before the pandemic, trying to do conference workshops yeah. where you have some people online and some people uh, in the room. It it requires a lot more extra effort to be able to yeah. make sure that you include everybody. That, that's the biggest thing, isn't it, really? So if you're sitting at home, I've been, I've been a member of a workshop, for example, which was taking place face-to-face -face and felt very ignored. Um, yeah you know and very isolated so the idea of trying to get the same people the people who are at home together uh, interacting with each other for example especially if you do sort of pair work or group work i think yeah. is really important it's it's very difficult to organize though so i'm you I'm, said the right word you said isolated that's where i'm coming back isolated. to valiant exactly. yeah Exactly, in order yeah. not to come that way to be burned out or to be far away from being isolated and sticking your head in the sand it's so important to try out such ve's as i'm doing the erasmus valiant project so many of the teachers in my ve had already done a round before so they had done it the second time because they saw they did not only invest extra time but it felt good to talk to teachers and students from other countries to broaden their horizons so uh, if I may say, if you are a teacher trainer or an in-service teacher, or you are interested in gaining experience as a virtual exchange facilitator, please, we need you to sign up. So Valiant Project EU and be ready for the next and last round this October to December. And I would love if you were part of this experience. That's excellent. Um, yes, everyone who's listening, if you think you are able to participate in the Valiant Project, um, and you're encouraged by what Carmen has said today, then please sign up on valiantproject.eu. And I think uh, you won't regret it. I think every time I've been involved, um, either being a, a major part of an EU project or just actually um, collaborating in some way has been a very rich experience for me. So I do recommend it. Um, and 
it doesn't take much to get started and the team Carmen and the others will will nurture you and help right. <laughs> help you um, benefit from it I'm sure so listen Carmen thank you so much for joining me today I've really enjoyed talking to you about Valiant and and your own personal experience during the pandemic etc and as a teacher um, it's been a pleasure and um, that brings us to the end of today's morning break, everyone. Uh, thank you very much to today's special guest, Carmen Platz. Remember, there are Teachers Talk radio shows all week, and the next show will be with Lucy Neuberger at 7.30pm UK time. Join me next week at the same time for another morning break. Bye for now. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.